0: Welcome to another Walk in the Sun with the Reverend Paul Roberts and Andy Taylor and today we're at Canoverim Court we've walked up the long driveway and are just now in the sun outside the Court's Chapel
1: Yes, the church here at Cannon Froom, almost the private chapel. I mean, it is the parish church for Cannon Frome, But you can imagine, certainly in days gone by, all the the servants will have been walking over from the court to the church on a Sunday to worship
0: along with the family. I suspect they were very interested in keeping their jobs. And the uh, the master of the house quite liked a full congregation. So they, they had quite an incentive to be there. Mm, mm. But here we are today, as I say, Looking at Canaphrim Court, a massive country house, one of the old uh, country houses of Britain, it, no, no longer in private hand, it's now an international community.
1: It's had quite a chequered past, hasn't it? In the recent past it was, I believe it was a hippie commune at one point. I, I and think it was. It's been more recently acquired.
0: Um, yeah. as, as that. And it was a secondary school as well in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. perhaps even the 50s. Mm-hmm. So, Yes, it's developed over the years, mm. but some things haven't changed, and lots of the, uh, the architecture of the house are, are recognisable from old photographs. And on the museum website, there are, there's a feature of photographs then and now, and there's a photograph of the owner of the house then, Colonel Hopton, and several other officers at the doorway to the house and a comparison of that doorway now.
1: Mm, that's right, we do this every month, don't we? A regular feature, the camera returns. Often pictures that are in the the, the museum's possession and return and to see what we can recognise.
0: And some of them are quite difficult to to work out. Some of the buildings have changed quite a lot, but there's often one feature, perhaps an unusual window, or a doorway or something like that which gives you the clue as to what the original mm. building was. It's pretty obvious
1: here though isn't it Cannon Froom the front door you've got those you've got those gentlemen st- uh, stood on there
0: really that uh, yeah you, th- you, th- that you, you picture can't hasn't miss changed. It. it's it's obvious and the officers there there is Colonel Holt and there is Colonel Pattison who was the honorary colonel of the Harry Fitcher regiment and I think it's the photograph is 1921 or 1923. And the caption is, the, the the principal's going back for lunch after the dedication of the war memorial at Ashburton.
1: Ah, yes, and that's the memorial you see if you're driving through on the A417 through Ashburton. You go past the school, and then on the right-hand side, there's that little village green with the memorial, and the Memorial Hall as well. That's
0: right, yes. I mean, the, the Memorial Hall and the war memorial there go together. And they cover, I think, three parishes, Ashburton, Stretton Granderson and Cannon, and Cannon Froom, mm. and so the names of the fallen of each of those parishes is on that single memorial at Ashburton.
1: So we know Cannon Froom Court once um, owned by the Hoptons and it no longer is owned by the Hoptons but there must be a, there must be a
0: story there Andy. Well the, the Hoptons have, have faded into history even the local pub which was the Hopton Arms is now closed so the Hopton name has almost disappeared, mm. if not, totally disappeared. But it had one very famous owner, which was General Hopton, who fought in the Crimea War, the Indian mutiny in South Africa, and was commander of all troops in Jersey at one stage. Yeah. So a very distinguished individual. Mm. Mm. And there's quite an interesting story about it. I thought there probably would be. <laughs> His medals were loaned to the Herefordshire Light Infantry Museum from the City Museum Mm. in the early 1980s. Mm. However, we've just recently revamped the museum and we're looking at air displays and we looked at General Hopton's medals and did some research on them and we discovered that two of his medals were missing. Mm. So we went back to the uh, County Museum They did a search of their records and their stores, and they actually found one of the medals. So we now have his Knight Commander of the Bath, Breast Star and Neck Badge. We have his uh, Indian Mutiny Medals, his Crimea Medals, and we have his South Africa Medals. We now have the Turkish Crimea Medal, to add to that. And the one which is still missing is Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee Medal. So for the first time in at least 30 years, we now have a more complete group than we had before. We have
1: them all together. That's brilliant. And again, they're on the, uh, the website, aren't they? Yes, com. Are. Yeah. As a picture there, we do a, um, uh, another monthly feature that, you know, the, uh, the, the man behind the medals, if you like. And um, there's a bit of a feature on Hopton, there showing those. I mean, they're v- very impressive group of medals there. You know, showing some quite, uh,
0: quite, quite long service really. Yeah, they are. And he was quite a character in that he um, was a very tall man, and he had a, a large, bushy beard. And the photographs show him like that. But also, he was quite in advance of his time when on operations in South Africa, he wore other ranks' uniform so that he wasn't identifiable to the mm. opposition as being a leader and officer. so Quite, quite that,
1: unusual at the time, I imagine.
0: And it was. I mean, it didn't really happen until the middle of the First World War when that became a common practice. Mm. So a forward thinker and obviously quite a... a a good military man yes absolutely and this this was the 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 first south african war wasn't it
1: really so 1877 1879 you know rather than the the boer war which perhaps we're a little bit more familiar but this is the this is the time of of zulu
0: yeah um, that's right yes yeah rocks drift is that uh, that, that period yeah. Fasc-
1: fascinating he had this uh, career in the army but always kept those roots here back in in Herefordshire and, and became was was he an honorary colonel I think at King Shropshire Light Infantry when um, y- yes he in was reti- he, in retirement uh, and, the,
0: and the fourth battalion of the King Shropshire Light Infantry was the Herefordshire Militia right and he was the honorary colonel mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. that battalion mm-hmm. so a close military connection both of his sons served in the army and unfortunately were both killed during the first world war and that really was the end of the direct Hopton line mm, mm. and association with Colonel from court.
1: Mm, mm. But that's not quite the end of the Hopton story, is it?
0: No, there's another twist because there is another Hopton army officer, Colonel Hopton, who was General Hopton's nephew-in-law right? I think I'm following this, Andy. It gets complicated. (laughs) And he inherited, or his wife inherited, cannon from court. He then changed his name to Hopton, so that the name Hopton would continue. He also served in the military and was a colonel, but he never served on operations. During the First World War, he was involved with ordnance support and supplies within the United Kingdom
1: because he was a bit of a renaissance man wasn't he really he was because he was a musician as well a cellist a he member was, of the Royal yes, Academy of Music yes, yes
0: but I think shooting was perhaps his first love shooting was his thing and there are several photographs and there's one in the uh, memorial hall at Ashburton of him firing on his range which he had built and I think I'm writing saying that it was a 1200 yard lane and the day it was opened, he supervised the red warning flags being put up. Went to the firing point, fired one shot, got a bull, and never fired on it again. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Well, I suppose how, how can how can you top that? That's um, right. You
0: know, you, there's, there's only there's only
1: one way to go from there, isn't there? Yeah. Really. So. Wonderful. And yes, I think there's that picture. If you only local listeners are, are in Ashburton Memorial Hall, there is a wonderful photo of him, I think, lying down mm. in order to fire this absolutely massive rifle yeah. um, over that 12 or 1500 yard range. Yeah. I mean, it was um, yeah. absolutely incredible.
0: I mean, I'm not quite certain what happened to the range after he had it built. I must have a look at the map, see if there are any footpaths over there and, and go and walk around. But I know that during the Second World War, it was used as a short range by the local Home Guard unit. Right. Probably, I suspect, only 50 metres mm. for, for mm. Uh, weapon familiarisation mm. and perhaps mm. weapon zeroing. But yeah, so an interesting story of all of the Hoptons. At,
1: and did he, he fired at Bisley, Captain, the, um, the rifle team? Yes, there, he, he, he did.
0: He, he was instrumental in forming the Army Rifle Association. Mm regularly fired at Bisley and also fired in the British Olympic team in London in 1908.
1: Wow, so a sort of sportsman, musician, mm-hmm. um, you know, first yeah. class
0: shot. He, he, was, he was apparently a, a very big man and you, you will see from the photographs on the website that he looks big. Rumour has it that his servants, who were all quite short, used to have to have boxes to stand on to... Uh, to look after his possessions and clean the his wash basin in his in his bathroom. <laughs>
1: Blimey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quite an in- interesting man, and and, I, and he lived through until the nineteen thirties, I believe. Is that that, that right? Yes, like he did. Yeah, I think yeah. He, he died, didn't yeah. he? So, and at that point, that was the end of the 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 end of the Hopton line. It, it, it was. I, he,
0: his his wife lived in the south of France there is a mausoleum on the side of the range that he built where he is buried Mm. and his wife went to the south of france and she died during the second world war the intention was that her body would be brought back and put with Mm. his in the mausoleum but because of obviously the second world war that didn't happen and i understand that she's now buried in the in the south of france but that really was the end of the hopton era at canafrim court
1: an amazing story, really, linked with the, the regiment to a certain extent. Obviously, we we, we have uh, General Hopton's medals, and I think that underlines the fact, whilst the primary focus is the Herefordshire Regiment, later the Herefordshire Light Infantry, we reflect wider military history within the county as well.
0: Yes, we do, and and that's certainly something that which we wish to do during this podcast as well, is to, to expose more of the broader and deeper military history that there is in Herefordshire, with thousands of years of military did- tradition, mm-hmm. dare I say, probably the men of Herefordshire spent a lot of time keeping the Welsh out of England. Those martial arts were honed many years ago and over long periods.
1: We perhaps ought to go up to Stretton Grandison Church and pay our respects to uh, to those two, uh, two sons. Yeah, Hops it's just, sons. A short,
0: just a short walk away, and it's, it's a lovely little church uh, on a slight slope, and on a sunny day like today, I'm sure it would be mm. delightful yeah. there. So let's um, let's go pull take up there, up. Okay. Do up our walking boots again and hike up there. Wonderful.
1: So we're here now at St Lawrence's Church in Stretton, Grandison. It is, as you say, Andy. It's it's a wonderful setting, set on a hillside beautiful steeple spire that um that, that seems to fade away in, in, into nothing really yep. finely built and a wonderful a wonderful cedar tree as well with a um with a with a black and white cottage in front i mean yeah, if, if you
0: quintessentially rural england
1: absolutely <laughs> if you sort of if you sort of imagine something on the front of a um, a biscuit box or uh, you know or i mean mm. that that's that is, yeah, is. pretty much yep. pretty much yep. it isn't yeah. it yeah. we're going to have a look inside the the church now
0: Many of the memorials inside the church, as we can see, are to the Hopton family, which is a little bit of a mystery as to why they are here in Stretton Grandison Church and not in the chapel at the big house, but... We, it's a mystery. I suspect that we will never know the answer to.
1: Mm.
0: So it's certainly, the land
1: around here was all owned by the Hoptons, yep. wasn't it? And, yes, I, it and was. I, I suspect they presented the living to the to the rectory as as well. But particularly poignant amongst all the memorials is this wooden uh, wooden cross that we're looking at
0: now. It is, and the, and the inscription that the brass plaque which is with it. It is the original uh, wooden marker cross of the grave of the son of General Hopton from his grave where he was killed in Belgium during the First World War. So when it was replaced by a stone marker, the wooden cross was recovered and came to the church here. And is on the wall as a memorial, which is quite something.
1: And uh, and you you do see this from time to time, don't you? In churches, every 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 now and again, you will, mm. you will see one. But I'm I'm always I'm always struck when I when I, when I see when there's an immediacy there, because of course this was the the very first grave marker. If the family had gone out in the early days in the 1920s to, to to visit the grave, this is the one they would. Have this seen. is
0: what they would have seen. And I, I'm not certain which cemetery he was originally buried in but of course some of the cemeteries had literally thousands of uh, burials in them and there would have been thousands of these crosses the commonwealth war grains commission flat headstones the tablets which they use now are pretty impressive but i would think that row upon row of crosses would be even more impressive Mm.
1: Yes, anybody that can think of the, the closing credits of um, "Oh What a Lovely War," mm. they they have those white those white crosses uh, uh, there at the end of that, and it's and it is yeah. quite a um, it, it is quite quite an arresting uh, arresting mm. sight. This Hopton served with uh, with the
0: Berkshire Regiment, with the Royal Berkshire Regiment, yeah, and he was he was killed, I say in Belgium in July nineteen fifteen. So you know fairly early in the war, uh, he was a regular soldier. Uh, The other brother, and we can see his memorial there, was Edward Hopton. And he served in the Shropshire Yeomanry, which, of course, was the reserve cavalry. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, the Herefordshire Regiment were were a territorial battalion, part-time soldiers. The Yeomanry were the part-time cavalry. And Herefordshire did not have its own Yeomanry. But men from Herefordshire served with, well, from the north of the county, served with the Shropshire Yeomanry. To the south of the county, they formed that they served with the, um, the, the Gloucester, Gloucester Hussars. Mm-hmm. Although they were called the Gloucester Hussars, they were actually yeomanry. Mm. It is very complicated. Indeed.
1: <laughs> well, well, and and I believe there were some yeomen from the uh, from the sort of Colwell area on the Malvern Hills that served with the. The Worcestershire Yeomanry or the Queen's Own Worcestershire Hussars, depending on which way you, um, yeah. you know, uh, quite how they were described. So, and of course, to be a yeoman, to be in the yeomanry, um, certainly before the war, you had to provide your own horse. Yes, so it you did,
0: and all your equipment. And actually, lots of the local landowners provided the horses and all the equipment for their estate staff. So they provided 20 men. So they were therefore the officer in charge. Mm. But it took a lot of money to do that. And see those men with lots of money were able to do it. Were able to. Were able to.
1: So, Guy William Hopton here. I suspect a, a regular officer. He um, he served in in South Africa as well as um, um yeah. as well as in the First World War. And just looking it up while you were talking, Andy, there's, there's a bit of mobile signal out here. I was able to just double check him on the Commonwealth War Graves Commission website. He's buried at Rifle House Cemetery uh, in Belgium which is, is a wonderful little cemetery inside the Plug Street woods Plugstert wood, Plug oh, yeah. Sturt wood. Yeah. Uh, I visited a couple of times and the certainly the time I remember uh, if you do ever visit Rifle house cemetery do take some some mosquito repellent we got, <laughs> we got rather bitten to ribbons yep, um, there, there are many
0: battlefield sites which are like that
1: indeed but it's a it, it was set up by by
0: units of the rifle Brigade initially and Edward who was served with the Shropshire Army, he it is stated that he died in Alexandria in March 1916 Mm -hmm. which is quite interesting it's a subject to do a bit more research I think because the uh, the Yeomanry Brigade served in Gallipoli at Suvla Bay alongside the Herefordshire Regiment and they were all evacuated in December 1915 uh, and early 1916 and if as it says he died then he did not he wasn't killed in action he mm. may have died of wounds or died of disease which may have been contracted or uh, suffered when he was at Gallipoli mm. so there's another avenue of research there for a- us
1: absolutely I think whenever we whenever we come across something like this there are always some unanswered questions that we will hopefully return to the yeah, next time Yeah,
0: absolutely but I think now it's perhaps time we we took a walk and found somewhere to quench our thirst I think
1: so I think so you, you mentioned the Hopton Arms is unfortunately um, uh, no longer with us, but I'm sure we can find um find I think we'll have to locality. walk a little
0: bit farther and perhaps we'll go towards uh, the Ledbury direction or the Markle direction. And sounds
1: sounds and like the trumpet, I think.
0: The, the trumpet sounds a, a, a good location to stop and sit outside in the sunshine and enjoy that pint. Good plan.
1: So here we are Andy um uh, my turn to buy the drinks this time. Uh, oh good. And so you know don't um, <laughs> I made sure you were sitting down first of all be- before I announce that. We're uh, we're here at the the Trumpet Inn at trumpet I mean it's always been known as trumpet crossroads I suspect it dates back to the the post coaches their post horn I'm
0: sure it did and they they would sound the post horn to signal the arrival of the mail and perhaps whatever else was to get the passengers out of the pub Mm. (laughs) indeed absolutely it's certainly a a
1: Roman road the a417 at this and it it crosses we did have a little conversation about quite we couldn't quite remember what
0: and and, and life is far too short to worry about road. It's the Ledbury to Hereford Road, I think we decided. We'll stick with that. There are some military associations, and I remember before the modernisation here, which took place about 10 years ago, I suppose now, there was the honours board for the Little Markle branch of the British Legion. And my grandfather was a founder member of the little Markle branch of the of the British Legion when it formed in probably 1921 22 he'd served through the First World War with the Coldstream Guards and had been gassed and wounded and was a farm worker in Putley so very local mm. to the trumpet and I'm sure like we are today he probably enjoyed a nice pint here as well I suspect he did
1: Funnily enough, you know, in our last episode, we talked about the Lincolnshire Poacher and the, as the regimental quick march of
0: the Herefordshire Regiment. We did, and it was a little bit of a mystery, unless you've managed to find something out.
1: Well, we talked a lot about not knowing why the Lincolnshire Poacher was uh, w- was associated with the regiment. So I, I, you know, I had to have a look into
0: it. Of course. And And,
1: and I think... I've got a partial answer for you, Andy.
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: It was the regimental quick march of the 36th of foot.
0: Ah, that would make sense.
1: And the 36th of Foot went on to become the 2nd Battalion of the Worcestershire Regiment, but as you know, the in 36th between, of Foot... In
0: between, they were the Herifitch, 36th Herifutshire Regiment.
1: That's right. All those those numbered foot regiments, they were all given county designations, weren't they? And to begin with, they didn't really have very much to do with those counties. No, they didn't.
0: In, in 1880, in the army reforms of 1880, it was decided that the, the regiments would become more affiliated with the counties. But for whatever reason, Herefordshire did not get a regular line regiment, and the 36th of foot became the 2nd Battalion of the Worcestershire Regiment. So the Worcestershire Regiment was the 29th and the 36th, and Herefordshire didn't have a regiment.
1: That's right. There was a rumour, wasn't there, that the good people of Hereford didn't want regular troops garrisoned in their, in their city, messing the place well, up. Well,
0: I, I think the rumour's a bit closer to home, actually, uh, Paul. And as a man of the cloth, the, it is rumoured that the bishop did not want troops stationed in the county. So he would not allow any church land to be made available uh, for to build a <coughs> barracks on. And he persuaded other landowners also not to make any land available. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it certainly makes a good story.
1: It certainly does, and happily the Diocese of Hereford now have signed up to the Armed Forces Covenant, so they're a lot more supportive of the Armed Forces uh, they, now.
0: They, they have, and and indeed signing up to the Covenant is a, is a great way forward, and uh, I think that there is now... Far more understanding mm. of the soldiery rather than Kipling's Tommy this and Tommy that. So, of
1: course, uh, looking into uh, that as the thirty-sixth Foot's regimental quick march, the same tune, funnily enough, is also u- was used by the Lincolnshire Regiment. You would expect surprise, that. surprise. Um, <laughs> and indeed, the um, the fifty-eighth Foot, which was the old Rutlandshire uh, right. regiment, oh, that's um, towards
0: Lincolnshire. Indeed, yeah.
1: absolutely, they became the second Northampton's. And there was always a close bond between the 2nd Worcesters, the 36th of Foot, and the Lincolnshire Regiment. They used to call themselves our cousins. However, of course, that's where the trail goes cold because when you try to find out why the 36th of Foot used the Lincolnshire Poacher as their regimental quick march, um, according to all the all the documents I've been able to find, the adoption is
0: still unknown. Yep, that's that's as it is. We solve one mystery only to uh, create another one. That's
1: that, that's often the way. That's often the way it happens, isn't it? And of course, it's brilliant to be able to use this really good recording of um, the Lincolnshire poacher that was provided for us by the Haverhill Silver Band based in Havahill in Suffolk. Um, I came across a recording they'd made in lockdown on YouTube. You know, one of those ones Mm. where the the multi pictures of all all the players coming in. That's right. Um, And I contacted them and said, Oh, you know, it's, it's a brilliant recording. Could, could we use it? And, they were very happy for us to to use that, but they didn't want that recordings. They wanted a they wanted a better quality recording for us, which is absolutely so brilliant. So that's what we now have. So that's right. They've they've sent us um, that over. So we're really really grateful to the Haverhill Silver Band
0: for accompanying our walks <laughs> in the sun and our rests in the sun, enjoying a pint.
1: Anyway, it's been really good spending this time walking in the sun. It's been another good walk today, Andy. I think we've learned It has been excellent. Uh, Um,
0: A good walk. We've built up good thirst. We've quaked that thirst. And hopefully you've enjoyed our meanderings...
1: So do check out our monthly features on the on the website, Herefordshire museum.com Subscribe to the podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard. Do tell your friends, neighbours, tennis partners about this podcast, and we will see you next time we take just a walk in the sun.